Forefathers listeners, thanks for joining us on this cold Midwestern day. I thought about not even hitting record tonight. I had to go through a box of Kleenex, drown my sorrows in in some whiskey, actually right here next to me, as I watched my beloved Cowboys fall to the 49ers due to their own ineptness, their own incompetence. Uh, just a crap show from start to finish. And Dave, I'm joined, spoiler alert, got Dave Lunn. I found him yeah. hiding can around. I, hey, hey, Parsons, yeah. can I get a who day? Let's go. <laughs> yes, I, I did pine for the times <laughs> when Joe Burrow – uh, for my team, I wish he was slinging the rock instead of my forty million dollar overpaid uh, uh, wannabe quarterback. Jeez. Well, I'll tell you, it was the strangest game to watch the Raiders and the Bengals because mm-hmm. I am a Raiders and a Bengals fan. Right. Uh, grew up a Raiders fan. Has lived in Cincinnati for the last twenty years. So. What a rare combination. Um, Nobody well, I think has know, ever said just, that before. Yeah, it's just a bunch of bandwagon <laughs> fans. You know, in the last twenty years, it's right. been fantastic for both. <laughs> organizations yeah but it was the strangest thing because you know i'm like i i you know we're starting the game and matthew my my uh nine-year-old who's super into football he's like dad who are you rooting for i'm like my head says the Bengals. then i was like kind of in my heart i can't like give up the raiders <laughs> right i think and, what uh, what helps you is that both Burrow and Chase are dynamic. They're LSU guys. You're big LSU dude. So I feel like just the vibe, the energy of the Bengals, 31 years without a playoff win. I saw a graphic at the end of that game that said this was the longest streak for any of the four franchise like sports and uh, you know, franchises in the four major sports. So the the Rays have had success. The Browns have had success in those 31 years. The Jets, we're talking <laughs> everybody. And yeah. the woeful Bengals finally get off of that. But, you know, I mean, some of it's been some bad luck. You know, I forget the yeah. year, 08 or something like that. And they're in and we have a home game versus the Steelers. And they roll up on Carson Palmer and yeah. he's out. You know, right. so like, and then we had another year with the Steelers where, you know, Burfecht decided to try to, you know, <laughs> kill people on the, the actual field. You yeah. Know? Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it takes some luck. It takes a whistle here or there or, a, sure. or not whistle here or there, you know, so. So dirty secret today, the Cowboys 49ers games. I know you're not a big cable television guy, but it was being simulcast on Nickelodeon. To try oh, and bring I saw some, some of that on Twitter. Yeah, trying to bring like, some fans into the game. And so the few times the Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the few times we were watching and the Cowboys were doing well early on, we were on the Nickelodeon channel because I wanted to show Colin and just, you know, get some chuckles or whatever. But as you know, sports fans are uh, you know, superstitious. And so we started watching just the Nickelodeon feed specifically. And for the rest of the game, the second half, the fourth quarter, as Dallas is trying to come back and we're getting excited, I'm watching slime creatures on the field <laughs> and all this weird stuff. They're showing Greg Kittle compared to uh, characters on SpongeBob and how big he is compared to Patrick Starr and Plankton. It was ridiculous. But afterwards, I'm once Dallas lost, I'm scrolling through Twitter and just wanting to vent with other fans. And somebody on there tweeted out, it was like, 
This is so weird. On this game, you could watch one channel where you have a, an analyst saying, their lives are on the line, Jim. This really matters. And then you can flip it over to the other channel, and they're and they're going, okay, let's break this play down as if they're Ninja Turtles. Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. And it's just the absurdity of sports. What are you going to do? <laughs> so. I, mean, I, I can only imagine the NFL, they're, they're sitting there. It's like somebody comes, somebody's on a Friday night having happy hour. So you know what we should do? We should get Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah, to play one of our games, and we could slime people and things like yeah. that. Yeah, right? and somebody else was like, "Well, that sounds like a good idea." I mean, let's go ahead and green like that, buddy. I mean, it. You know, if only in golf they could do the tornado holes. <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> I'm waiting for Nickelodeon at Augusta. We'll slime Ray's <laughs> Creek, and uh, you know, everything will be fantastic. Oh yeah, that'll be great in a sport for traditionalists. All right, so help me ease my sorrows. Let's turn the attention to golf, another sport that never lets me down. Uh, right, so always successful there. Uh, before I jump in, I just I did want to let you know, Dave. You know I'm prone to some putting woes. I did just buy a used center shafted putter for uh, hopefully to see if that'll fix my four foot yips. Surely that's going to be it. It's not my technique. It's not me lining anything up. I think it's the putter. So now we're going to give this a go and we'll see what happens. But the problem is, the problem is with a used one, all the good putts may already be gone. I know. That's what what I'm worried about. Instead, is go out and and spend thousands of dollars on a brand new one. (laughs) You know, get it right. Exactly. So hopefully. The face still looked pretty clean, so hopefully they didn't get all the good putts out of it. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, there's not like chip marks on the top of it. Or, <laughs> right. How no many times did you thump this into shot. a tree? <laughs> yeah. It is funny though, like right. You'd love to know the history of your putter. Like, was it some guy and he's like, "This putter sucks," and yeah. then he sells it back, and you're like, "Ooh, new putter." <laughs> Wait a second, this still sucks. I I need a backstory on this exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I haven't had a chance to catch up with you in a while since the holidays. I'm curious, have you been able to uh, hit any balls in that makeshift garage driving range of yours? Uh, the, last, the last time I went out, I played nine over Christmas, actually. Yeah. And uh, and that's been about it. The garage currently is, uh, it's actually clean enough to hit, but because of a, a thumb injury, that uh-huh. I've been, you know, just grinding, just really been doing, uh, <laughs> you know, doing, seeing my trainer and doing all sure. these different, you know, 24 set. Me and Kobe were very similar in trying to get ready for the season. Yeah. And, uh, now, uh, I've purposely kind of taken a break uh, just to kind of hopefully that fully heals mm-hmm. and it's getting way better. So I feel like I'm on the right track. The other Trust thing the too process. Is, you know, we've talked a lot about my mental, my lack of mental game. Right. And I'm also hoping that a nice little break and then I'll just forget that I suck <laughs> at certain things in the game. Right. And so when I, when I reapproach it, it'll be like, Oh yeah, I am good at this. Oh, look, like as if I'm a beginner, but yeah, you know, I've been playing for 40 years. So. Oh, that's reset. my hope. We're going to reset that, muscle memory here. We're going to reset the brain and yes. kind of shock the system. I like it. I mean, that's a thing, right? Sure. Why not? I mean, I mean, I know that Tiger Woods was in a car accident and then, you know, he's probably hitting 500 balls a day now. But You don't have uh, five kids. 
No, he doesn't. And, and you know, like, and, and then, like, I have to drive places to hit balls. Sir, I mean, you, know? you don't have a backyard, driving range, three-hole course? No, not quite. Not quite. Yeah. I mean, I do have a backyard, uh, but I do think the neighbors uh, would be upset. <laughs> Four! Although, I do remember in college, we hit some balls down my parents' Uh-huh. Out of my parents' yard, right on Whoa. down the street, a couple times. <laughs> uh, probably not best. Probably not best practice. I've seen your parents' street. That's aggressive. <laughs> That's aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> I didn't hear. I mean, I know I hit some yards, but I didn't hear that sweet, sweet sound of shattering glass. So. Oh goodness! Thank God. Uh, there's no proof of that. You never get anything like that. Come on. Now. Oh, all the time. Okay, I just try not to put it on tape so <laughs> the people can. Uh, oh, I feel like you know statute of limitations. 20, Twenty years, twenty-two years since that happened. I feel like I'm safe, right? Um, of course, you know. So if somebody comes back and they're like, "Hey, you owe me a window," I mean, and I can afford a window now. So all right, like perfect. You're balling now. I got you. All right, Ball, so yeah, you're you're restarting, reshocking the system, clearing the mental cobwebs of your game. Yes. So when David or Dave, geez, when Doug and Todd were on the pod the last couple of weeks, we've all been talking about some sort of drill, some sort of lesson we want to incorporate because each of us has different focus areas that we want to work on. And so since I have you on, I'm curious what drill or lesson are you thinking about, I know the snow's got to melt, the thumb's got to heal, but when you can get back out there, what seems intriguing to you to try out? Well, so I find it irritating now, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I feel like I have to go out and practice my short game just to be able to get back to whatever I, you know, like, like if I'm going to, you know, say be a six or a seven, I feel like I've got to practice some odd hours to be able to get back to that. Right. Okay. I don't understand people who can just go out and like, boom, they're right back to where they were. Right. Right. And it feels like it takes like a month or two. And so um, one of the things that I want to get back into doing, which I did, I used to do a really good job with in the spring. I would, um, I used to coach softball okay. and game days, game starts at four 30 and I'd get off at, I'd get off work at three o'clock. And then I had like an hour to kind of kill to get back to the game for four o'clock. Right. Cause uh-huh. I was just a, an assistant coach. Sure. Yeah. And I used to go and just, just putt, just putt. Right. And that's one of the things, you know, I've got a, a putting green that's, I don't know, five minutes down the road. And so I would love to where, you know, it's just, I'm not keeping track of things. I'm just out putting for 30 minutes a day. Right. You know right. What I mean? Not even so, lining stuff up or working on stroke. It's just a matter no, no, of. I feel like I just need time on the putting. Hand-eye coordination working together. Yeah. And I feel like there's, I, I've got a, a bit of a process that I need to do, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the first couple of weeks you're just putting, you know, and this, I, my kind of thought is I'm going to start back up in March, like March 1st. That's kind of when I'm going to start back up for the season. Right. Okay. And so I feel like I just need to get out and just putt like a kid, you know, like Matthew, he doesn't walk everything off. He just putt. Right. And then after a week or two, then start to incorporate, okay, now let's start adding some pressure into it and things of that nature. And I'd like to do a much better job this year of keeping track of my up and downs. Right. All right. And so I need to figure out some sort of a system to where I've got 
easy up and downs and then really just easy up and downs right, right. so uh on the course right let's say i play 18 holes uh and then i usually hit say a third of the greens in regulation right. and then a third of them i have difficult up and downs and then so that's that third yeah right uh-huh. and so really trying to focus in on that one that third of like how do i get to where i'm getting you know that up and down 66 percent of the time there you go. Getting four out of those six, because I, I th- and I think that's realistic because sometimes when there's a bunker and the flags on the other side short, you kind of mentally know, all right, I'm just trying to put this on the green two putt. I'm happy taking the bogey in that case. I, I'm not good enough to kind of flop it high, stop it right, right past yeah, the yeah. bunker and try to do something. So I think that's realistic. Well, I think that's thing, where my shots are are lost too. So yeah. I think that's smart. The other thing I, I and I forget where I saw this, but I love the idea of hit the shot that comfortable hitting. Mm-hmm. You know, so so let's say you got a pin on the right hand side, you got water on the right, and you got a bunker on the you know in front of it. Well, I could draw it in, right? Bring all that danger into play. Right. I could try to hit a high fade. And really still go after that pin. Or I could take a nine iron and go left center of the swing and just try to get it, you know, left center of the green. Even if I miss, I have a lot of green to work with to get my up and down. Right. And so uh, that's what I would love to see uh, a switch in my, in my thinking and in my game. And so I think, you know, drill wise, it's it's i don't know it's nothing it's not brain surgery but it's doing a lot of up and downs right Mm -hmm. and um and not necessarily focus on the tough ones because knowing you're going to have some tough ones and those are going to turn into bogeys as long as they don't turn into double bogeys you're rocking and rolling so you've touched on a nerve with me because i struggle with this too so i'm when you work on this I know there's always two schools of thought. Some people are like, give me my 58 degree wedge and I want to utilize that club all the time. I know it. I feel confident with it. And other individuals say, no, I want to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible. And they feel comfortable chipping, like doing bump and runs with nine irons, all nine pitching wedge, you know, all your other 54s, 58s, whatever you have. What, what style are you? Do you like, is it automatic if you're off the green, you're you're reaching for a specific one club or are you taking into account how much I need this to run out or anything like that? Uh, I feel like I've changed. Okay. I'll be curious to see what you say about yourself, but I've changed. I used to be 58 for everything. Right. Because I was like, this is the only thing I practice. You know, if I have a half uh-huh. hour, I practice with this one, right? And uh, plus, it's easy, right? If you just grab your 58 and your putter and you can walk right. down the room, right? Uh, but what I have found is, is I've gotten a little bit older. And I don't know if it's a nerve thing, but I, I feel like I've gotten bad with deceleration at times. Right. I'm using that 58, you know, uh, unless it's in the rough, uh, I'm, I'm usually grabbing like a pitching wedge. Usually my pitching wedge uh-huh. and allowing it to run out. Uh, I also find that to be fun too. Because and that's like, where it's a, it's a fun way to kind of like envision like, oh, what's this one going to do? And where, you know, so uh, 
So it's it's fun as well. That's where I want to get to. Right now, for me, it's a 54 degree that I kind of pretty much grab uh, all over the place. And it gets so hard as thinking about, okay, I have to land it here and it has to run out. And so sometimes there can be some shelves or some mounds that I got to interact with. And I don't think I take the time to consider all of those variables in there when, like you said, I can hit a pitching wedge like a like I would a 10-foot putt and just yeah. let the contours of the green take it to where it needs to run out to. And I think I need to start getting more confident with that play. So what do you do if you're in like a soggy fairway? Oh, I hate that the worst. Oh, my goodness. Because I, I think most of the time that's exactly when I hit it fat. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I can just picture the shot right now. It's like, and all of a sudden if you had like a heart monitor on me. You'd be like, I, I can feel tension in my chest. Exactly. Right now, just thinking about that shot. And that's Check your whoop scores play. right now. It's, it's through I the know. roof. Uh, are we brought by, are we, are they sponsoring us now? No, no. I wish I could say they are, but they're not. Be sweet. Um, but like, Oh my goodness. Like I can just, I can feel it right now. Thinking, yeah. Oh, that shot. I hate those shots. It, and honestly, what I try to do is almost pick it clean, and then I hit the ball in the forehead, and it just runs <laughs> through the green. Because I'm like, well, I can't crush into the ground because all I'll do is hit this six feet, and yeah. I get nervy with it. That's why. I I, it. That's where, like, I'm. I now grab like a pitching wedge. Yeah, for that <laughs> shot, just because of like, well, my apparently my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it, I have like it, no, I have no anxiety in life. Unless you start talking about certain shots in golf. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's hit us as we've gotten older. We've hit middle age. And suddenly uh, I, I now understand the yips. Because as a 25-year-old, I did not feel this uh, nervous over a chip shot. Well, you know, it's like you know, my my dad, he, he's always like, well, you know, I haven't hit a good shot all day. I don't know why this one hit. <laughs> Well, I hope I never get to that part, John. I'm sorry, but I hope I never reach that level. <laughs> but right, I mean, sometimes yeah. I'm like, you know, you stand over a putt, and you're like, well, you haven't made one of these. Why would you right. make this one? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have the expectation that this is going to be a great one too? I totally get that. All right, I mean, so, so, so we'll see. We'll check back. Obviously, we still have a few weeks of hibernation for both of us. Uh, the the tragedy of where we've chosen to set up our residence here. No Florida, no Florida for us. No Arizona, where it's year-round golf. So we have to, to take a. I think it's good to take a break, though. Oh, hundred you know? percent. I agree. Like we're not, we're not, you know, seventy-five-year-old. That's, that's all we're doing. So yeah, we, we haven't retired yet. So got to calm yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I want to turn the page and talk about stuff that's happening in the PGA Tour that's been big this week. The boys are at the Sony Open, but you and I snooze fest. Don't care about that. Russell Henry last I, Russell Henley last I checked had a couple of shot advantage over Hideki uh, with a few to play. So uh, go somewhere else to find out the results of that. What I do care is this announcement that the PGA Tour is going to do in partnership with Netflix a everybody calls it a drive to survive like show. The production has not talked about how they're going to present this or how they're going to frame it. 
But Formula One has seen a huge boom in popularity in the States and I think worldwide because of Netflix, the series. It's in its fourth fourth season now of Drive to Survive that's really allowed for new fans to come into the game. And so, hey, kudos to the PGA Tour for seeing something's hot. Normally, they are the last uh, entity to jump onto stuff like this. So I give them credit for being forward thinking in this and connecting and creating a drive to survive like series in the PGA tour. And, and so Dave, I watch a lot of television, watch a lot of golf. I watch a lot of Netflix. So I have thoughts on this, but I also know you and I do not share the same brain. And so I'm curious (laughs) when you hear about this as a, above average golf fan how do you take this news what does this do for you does this change anything about the process for you i mean like it'd be more interesting if you had the guys that aren't doing it than the ones who are doing it you think so like who who is not i like phil and bryson are the big the two biggest names that we've seen tiger Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Tiger. I forgot. You're still rehabbing. I watch Tiger on a treadmill getting ready to walk. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't know. I mean, like, I'll be interested to see how they do it. I think it all kind of depends on how they do it. But, you know, golf is so hard because, you know, like, you're not always in it, right? Uh, Right. For instance, like a basketball, right? I mean, (laughs) we all know out of the East, it's going to be either the Nets or the Bucks. Correct. Right. And out of the West is probably going to be, you know, Golden State, probably, right? Right. And so, uh, uh, or the Lakers. I mean, you know, they're, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> Easy. But like golf is just so weird, you know? Uh, and so it's just be, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. And the other thing, too, is a lot of these guys don't have great personalities. Um, I mean, what are you going to do? Watch them putt? Like, well, my hope is gonna, that like, this access. Like, like, like oh, the, the, the like, I was watching a little bit of like the the teaching, you know, like a, a teaching lesson with the pros, right? Mm-hmm. And like half of the, the show was Bones walking the course with a player, and I was like, fast forward, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward. Like, yeah. I don't care that much about like the fact that you were really good when you were seventeen. Good for you. Um, <laughs> and so. Like, that's where I think, you know, like the Formula One, the setup and all the controversy and all those sorts of things. I mean, I don't know. Like, are they going to complain about the length of the driver? Are they going to like, man, now we can't use, you know, our putting books. And now we got to actually like read the putts. Man, this is so unfair. Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they do it, because I personally, I don't think a lot of these guys have great personalities. And and maybe that's partly why they're doing this, to kind of showcase behind the scenes. And I'm curious to see, because PGA Tour has said they do not have editorial control, but nobody has asked, well, does the players or their agents or their equipment manufacturers have editorial control over this? So I'm curious to know how how guarded this access is going to be. With Drive to Survive, I know on any given week, they take turns as to which team they're going to follow. So you don't have a camera crew with the Mercedes team or the Red Bull team every week, right? They kind of like move it around and they pick and choose. 
And so these guys aren't going to be under camera for a full year and then editing it out. And so I think that's where it gets tough because, like you said, I know who the top teams in F1 are, so I know I can kind of go to them whenever I want to, mm-hmm. whereas golf is such hit or miss. I don't know that Jordan Spieth going to play great at this upcoming tournament versus Abe Anser or Daniel Berger. So if you're not following the right guy, you may not get the on-course stuff you want. And I'm curious to know how much off-course content ability they're going to have. All this is still up in the works, but I think about what happened with Justin Thomas last year in Hawaii uh, with the hot mics and and how that was covered. You think he's careful about what he says in front of a camera now? Are these guys just getting more media training where off the course, are they really going to give us what we want? Because like you said, in F1, they're sort of teams. And so even if it's manufactured, the team managers know it's good TV, good ratings to yell at each other. But then, you know, they go to dinner with each other afterwards or their drivers mix it up a little bit. Whereas I don't necessarily see that same sort of combination. I do like how they've given us a wide range of players. So it's not just like you were talking about, not just the stars. And you do have the, sorry, Ricky Fowler. He's not a star in terms of, uh, Finishes, but in reputation, right? But you do have the Brooks Kepkas, uh, the Colin Morikawas, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Speed. But then I do like that you have Max Homa, Harry Higgs, Tommy Fleetwood, the next tier guys. And then they are going to even focus on some up-and-comers like Mito Pereira. Uh, Bubba Watson's a little bit on the outside looking in now towards the latter half of his career. And so you get some veterans and young guys. So I think... The collection of guys they've gotten is great. I just worry that agents are going to say, no, this is how we want this guy portrayed. Or Callaway reps are going to say, this is how I want this guy portrayed. And I just get nervous because everything I've always seen about the PGA is these guys are class acts. They're gentlemen. Everything is neutered. There's no spice in any way. There's no controversy unless it's Brooks and Bryson. And even then, that started to feel that's weird. That's not even like – that's right. like – it's like watching two AP students have a fight. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. like, come on. Like, um, it, this would have been interesting in like the late 90s with like John Bailey. Yeah. Oh, see, now there's somebody I want to watch. <laughs> but, you know, all these guys now, like, I don't know. I, you know, I like from the, okay, if you're running Netflix, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you're not trying to get us. Right, because I think it would be super interesting to watch like Jordan Spieth prepare, you know, especially if yeah. they could cut it all down to like thirty minutes, of, like, a week in the hey, life of how, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, like that would be interesting to see. Oh well, that's what he does. And this is what he's thinking about, and those sorts of things. But like, my wife could could care less about that. Right. So if there's not an interesting human story, then what do you have? And exactly. So, and my fear, I'm not my fear. I'm not. I'm not involved in this. But like. You know, are these guys? I feel like so many times, so many of them are just robot. Yes. You know, and so, and, and Jordan, like Jordan Spieth. I know you like Jordan Spieth. I know. But like, I feel like he's so political for, for lack of a better word <laughs> in the way he acts. Sure. You know, it feels like everything is very measured. Like, 
like somebody is like, hey, make sure you get out there and congratulate the other competitors because right. you have a nice guy reputation. And it could ruin his reputation if you get a like cussing out his his uh, <laughs> you know caddy because his caddy gave him the wrong yardage. That would be good TV, but you know. But see, and that's also, but that's where I wonder if it actually would bring more people to him because he's the golden boy. Wouldn't you think that that would draw more of the casual guy to say, oh, Jordan Spieth is stiff. He's got the little receding hairline. Who cares? He's got everything. Oh, my God. He cussed somebody out. Like, I think that would give him some humanity. This is the same guy with him and Fowler and those guys that were doing SB2K back in the day, slamming natty lights, riding on top of golf carts out in the Bahamas or wherever their little private islands are. That's what I would want to see. Now, to your point, you're absolutely right. I don't think we're getting any of that. But man, that I think it he has the potential even the bland people that I think you're cuz you're only seeing them when they're wearing uh the sponsor t-shirt on television. I think Speeth on a Tuesday afternoon is much different than the Speeth you see on a microphone on Friday afternoon. Oh yeah. It's just sure. what what are we going to get? How polished and how how cleaned up are they? That's a great yeah, point. I thought I thought it was interesting though is like they're not getting paid. Yeah, so what's like, the upside on this, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, so take Jordan Spieth for instance. Uh-huh. What's the upside? Now, the up and coming guys or the B level guys or whoever, sure. huge upside. Right? Uh because if all of a sudden you become a household name and you start getting, you know, commercials or or any of that kind of stuff right huge upside but if you're jordan spieth like i I don't know what the upside is i wonder if this is to help the pip pip standings it's going to help your q rating with uh stacy lunds of the world and you can get some some extra cash that way on the back end but i i feel like the there's a bigger downside for him uh and, and him Particularly, I mean, you know, because his I do feel like his reputation is that of somebody who is pretty, pretty squeaky clean. Right. Um, that I feel like his downside is bigger than most. Yeah. And I you wonder know, like, if like if Xander Shoffley was all of a sudden a, a jerk, I'd be like, oh, OK, yeah. I've seen I, his dad. I know what he's about, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, like. I don't know. I just feel like he's got a pretty big downside. So I'd, I'd be curious to have known like why he decided to do it. You know. Well, the cynical side of me says Netflix may not be paying them, but I wonder if their agents go to their already held sponsors and are like, hey, he's participating in this. A court, Drive to Survive got X million number of views. You're about to be we, this guy's going to be featured in several episodes. You're about to get 20 to 30 million more eyeballs on your logo on his shirt than they had before. Can yeah, we yeah. renegotiate contracts? And so they get that money somewhere else. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't like, believe they're doing this altruistic. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, there's, they have ideas of how to make money for sure. And I'm uh, sure Jordan donates it all to his church back home too. Whatever he makes, I'm sure it's just you know helping out the local community. He'll he'll tithe that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, given uh, his image. I don't know why. I don't know why he wouldn't. I would do the same. <laughs> um, if I was a professional golfer, I would give away half my money. No problem. That's right. But I'm not. So. <laughs> 
So, um, but you do you hope be... it's interesting though. Like you just, you know, like, and, and I feel like it, the best chance for it to be interesting is in season one and two. Like Before people know the, what it is. Well, like you see that with some of the golf stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, this last uh, Bryson and Brooks, uh, you know, all of a sudden, what did they play? Was it 12 holes or 14 holes? 12. 12 well, they holes. played 10. and I think they played 10 because Brooks was, oh, stepped on them. <laughs> yeah. But like it just it didn't have the same. You know, that, yeah. interest in some of the other ones, and so because I think it's kind of run its course, uh, you know. But like anything else, they're going to try to steal it. Uh, uh, they're already like in baseball; they're trying to steal the uh, the Peyton, the Manning brothers. Uh, oh idea. yeah, I saw that but, with like, the simulcast. having guys sit there and talk about the baseball game. I'm like, oh, really? Well, like and- this? You guys think this is a good idea? So. And Peyton, I, I, we're starting to kind of filter off, but Peyton Manning, somebody that at least has a, I can't believe I'm saying this about Peyton Manning, but he has a personality. He can carry a conversation. He can be witty and charming. Most people haven't said like, man, you know who's great in commercials and improv? Alex Rodriguez. I can't wait to hear how he interviews people. What's going? On. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a certain good old boy association with Peyton where he can all shucks his way through some stuff. Whereas a rod, I don't want to hear whoever he's a rod like steroids up and yeah, there's Jennifer Lopez and then still like, come on. (laughs) All right. Bringing it back to uh, the show, but we did talk about the two notables. So I think you're right to say what's in it for people because if Phil Mickelson turned this down, that's a guy that doesn't turn away money. So maybe there isn't, maybe this is the flip side of the coin. Maybe there isn't a whole lot of money to be made. But what I was really curious about was Bryson's comments uh, talking about, well, I have my own channels and my own vehicles through my own YouTubes and everything else. And the rest of my life, I want to keep private, which it's pretty pretty interesting for a guy that's released 10 minute Instagram video or YouTube videos about his life and cooking bacon and such. But, and then he had to get this backhanded compliment or backhanded insult, I guess, or just straight up insult that the golf Twitter has been up in arms about saying, you know, I'm essentially, I'm already established. Uh, These other guys need the limelight more than I do. And I think some people, because they want to, crap on Bryson are unfairly roasting him a little bit because I think, like you said, the Harry Higgs and the Mito Pereiras and the Abe answers of the world do need that. Uh, but I think they saw it as like him saying he's holier than now. And I felt like this was a, a no win situation for Bryson, but, uh, but it's, I, I disagree with you on that. Yeah. He's just, so he's just socially awkward where <laughs> this like makes perfect sense. Right. Right. Like I've watched some of his YouTube stuff and some of it's interesting. A lot of it's pretty boring. Uh, I think. I yeah. Think oh, hundred percent. Like he's just not that captivating. Um, 220 but, baby. 220. But, yeah, but I would also totally agree with him. Like yeah. you don't need to do something like this. You can, you know, like, you know, you control the narrative. Uh, it's like the, uh, what is that? The players uh, tribune. Right. 
right? I mean, like, and you've had players that have come out and been super honest, like Kevin Love coming out a few years ago and writing about, you know, dealing with uh, his anxiety, right? And so I think it's an interesting idea that, no, you don't need uh, these other groups. Now, if you're a son of them, you do, right? right? But that's why I think it's so interesting. Like, I, it's not that interesting that some of these up-and-coming guys would do it. But to go back on on Spieth, again, why would he do it? You know, uh, because he, you know, he could easily produce his own stuff and put it out. See, that's uh, why I miss having yeah. you on these past couple of weeks because that's what I was. You basically connected your own point that I was going to say. It's like, gosh, some of these names. Yeah, why don't it might? It would probably be cheaper for them to just hire their own little production agency, shoot their once in the one week of, release it. And and be done with I mean, it at that point. I mean, think about some of those like silly videos that Mickelson made, right? You know, driving into Augusta <laughs> yeah. and like, uh, you know, what was it? Hitting he bombs. Had, <laughs> <laughs> he, what was he doing? Like interviews in the locker room with <laughs> like, fire fireside chats with Phil or whatever it was. <laughs> he had like a candle sitting there, and it's like, but they were awesome. Yes, like I loved them. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I mean, I hope it's, I hope the Netflix thing is really good. You know, like I'm rooting for it. Oh, sure. You know, I I think it's always interesting. Like, I think it's just interesting to kind of see the behind the curtain, right? Uh, Which is why the NFL, you know, they do their show every year. uh, And they pick some crappy team to go on HBO. Right? Exactly. Just uh, exposure. Yeah. Uh, because it is interesting to see what what the one percent does, uh, yeah. You know, um, but to sit there and watch Bryson on a range that doesn't sound that interesting. Yeah, so we'll have to see what happens. Well, the the bad news about all of this is we get hyped up for this announcement, but they clearly have to use this season to shoot all the content. My guess is we're not even watching episodes of this until over a year from now. So oh, yeah, yeah. yeah what it it could be much ado about nothing or we'll get more details that will affect our our love or our hatred of it. The only thing I'll I'll kind of close with this is what I do like is hearing all four majors have agreed to allow access for them to film on site. And so whereas yeah. PGA US Open I feel like would already give you that insight already this year uh, with the British Open and then Augusta, maybe we get a, a few more shots of behind the scenes at Augusta that we don't normally get to see. And that's intriguing to me, too, regardless of that who they're following. Yeah, that's shocking, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, to see, you know, like, I would watch a show just, uh, just to do a tour of Augusta. Um, <laughs> you know? Like, Cosine. I think that that was what I thought was so interesting was that the fact that they're actually allowing uh, camera crews to come through. But if you are, you know, again to go with Jordan Spieth, like I'd be fine if they wanted to watch me play out at Hilton Head. Yeah, and if they wanted to watch me that week, but Augusta week, find find um, the lower tier guys at Augusta. I need I, mean, I need all the focus I can get. I might be like, well, I plan on being on TV on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you can watch me in a different, different feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, oh my goodness, I couldn't imagine like all of a sudden doing that. So, 
All right. Well, we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, all right. That was our topic for this week. Uh, Dave, we're going to kind of wrap up with any kind of parent corner stories that you have. You brag on any of your kids? Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, this weekend we had, well, Saturday we had, I have five kids, all five played on Saturday, which is That's just what you do two, in the Lund household. <clears throat> well, two of them play uh, at the middle school and this is the only Saturday that they play. Right. Um, and so that was super fun. But then uh, Rachel, my 10 year old and Matthew, my nine year old, they both had games today and Rachel like, had a really good weekend. Uh, we lost today. That was due to the coaching. The coaching is. Just Are you the coach? Good. Just to remind yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Actually I run the program. So. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I was super proud of Rachel. She, uh, she's getting more aggressive and she made two baskets, like two, maybe 12, 15 foot, uh, shots and, uh, is doing a really good job on defense too. And then my boy, Matthew, uh, he balled out, uh, his, uh, nine-year-old basketball team scored 54 points. Uh, <laughs> and it was 54 to 44. I mean, That's I, a season worth like, of scoring in the games I go to, brother. <laughs> I know. It's not like, uh, you know, like I've seen 60 points thrown off, but it's usually right. like 60 to 6, right? Right. But the fact that it was 54 to 44 uh, and Matthew, uh, like he's just so fun to watch. Uh like he he had a three where he's like eyeing the guy down, and then he had a block. Like he tried to do a LeBron James block, where like the guy's out in front of him, and you could see on his face. And I was like, Oh Lord, what's about to happen? <laughs> Closing like, speed. Well, he did. He like caught up and like just swatted this kid, and we're all like, Whoa! And then the rest like foul. Oh, like, my wife's like, that wasn't a foul. I was like, oh, oh when you get Stacy jumping up, it's on. I know. He got him with the body, you know. Did he uh, celebrate? Did he kind of like stare down the guy after he, blocking it? He, it no, he kind of puts his arms down and starts flexing like you see the guys doing <laughs> some. I, he's just so ridiculous. It's I know. So I love him. I love him so much. It is so fun. And like, just to like, you know, this child, um, like his confidence on the court is so fun to watch. Like he just walks around like he owns the place. Oh, so it's super cool. Uh, but yeah, that was that was unbelievable. And uh, and then a cool moment. We're walking out. Rachel, my wife, and uh, Matthew, and like Rachel's like saying good things to Matthew about his game. And oh, uh, what like, a parenting moment! I know, I know. You you start to think there's some hope. There might be some hope. That's they right. Home, they started fighting, but you know. Right, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about you? Well, What's going on? With well, you bragged on your kids. I'm gonna make yeah. fun of my daughter for a second. Uh, she she is in eighth grade, and you're right. Basketball season is upon us. So uh, last week there was a tournament of sorts, uh, and played the first game, no problems. Got through it. They actually ended up winning their first game, which I thought. They had no chance to do it, so they pulled it out. They did not score 54 points. I think this was one of those 18-16 to 16 affairs. But wow. uh, a win's a win. Yeah. But in the That's second, just good defense right there. Right. Come on, lockdown. Uh, what I did like in the second game, and I hadn't seen this happen in a while, and she felt so bad. Uh, there was some confusion on an inbound 
They threw it into Megan in the backcourt, and she immediately chucked up the shot on her on the other team's basket. And boy, and then she thankfully she missed. Oh, okay. <laughs> she missed. The other team got the rebound, and then they drove. And she committed the foul, and it was an and one, too. So it was like a terrible 10-second display from my girl. And I could oh, tell man. she wanted to just hide. And I I didn't ask for permission. I told her I was going to tell this story on the pod. But uh, I will say she came back strong. I think that shot really... Uh, helped her out because her team only made three baskets in the second half shooting at that same goal. But Megan was the one that made all three baskets. So nice. uh, I think that got her loose uh-huh. and they ended up losing that one like 25 to 16 or something like that. But, uh-huh. uh, but I was like, all right, you came back from it. You showed some, some grit and you, you shrugged it off in front of the fans and you came back strong, made some buckets. So I see it as a positive who, who among us hasn't done that. Yeah. My, my grandfather used to tell the story how he did that in a game high school. Yeah. See, and uh, it was a tip because they used to like, you know, way back when they used to tip after every made basket Yeah, tip, he gets it. He uses run. He's like, man, nobody's around me. Goes up for the layup. <laughs> And then that's when we realized, oh, made the shot for the wrong team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this is great. This is one of those stories that I get to laugh with her about and just kind of relive it. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, Basketball season is fully in gear and we're having fun and it gives us something to do during these cold winter months. For sure. For sure. All right, brother. Well, let's call it a wrap. Let's go watch some Chief Steelers, see what happens, see if this is Big Ben's last game or not, and uh, we'll have, have a couple – well, maybe not a cold one for you because it's dry January, but maybe I'll have a cold one for you in your you honor. You have one for me, but yeah. like, I'm just going to keep getting in better and better shape. I'm just coming. You know? Oh, well, <laughs> you, you've I, been in better shape than me from the womb. So, Hey, I, hey baby, I'm only one pound away from – my pre-Thanksgiving weight. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to say it like my 12th grade self or something like that. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Mama Lun. My goodness. So many things. So she many cookies. Oh. Lady can cook. Oh. And I just, right. keep, I just keep eating. Like I'm like, I'll lose it later. I'll lose it later. So. All right. Well, Mama Lun. Keep doing your best. And Dave, keep fighting the good fight. We'll catch everybody next week with a new golf topic on Forefathers. See ya. All right, see ya, brother. See ya.